and we are back. Y'all know that's right. Back again. We got a jam-packed episode for y'all out here. Our reactions to opening night. A little NBA buy or so. Will the Celtics struggle out the gate? 6-10 problem in Memphis. And will MVP Wemby get some consideration? <laughs> what better way to ring off the new season than with the championship ring ceremony in the Mile High City, baby? Yo, I ain't never seen a championship ring with storage on the inside. <laughs> They're going to be crazy <laughs> with these rings nowadays. Like, when do we stop? <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, man, it's the Joker's first chip. It's the first chip in the Mile High City. You know, they have to go crazy with it in 2023, man. But I mean, I ain't going to lie, man. The Denver Nuggets were not just celebrating a championship tonight. All right. They were celebrating the first win of the season. The NBA opener against Los Angeles Lakers. And let's be real. They fared pretty well in the first game of the season. Ty, which, which, what are your thoughts? Bro, it feels like we picked up right where we left off last season. Like Jokic looking unstoppable. Nuggets playing with confidence. I know it was Denver's ring night, but L.A. was the squad that came out tight. We had LeBron hitting the corner of the backboard on three-point attempts. Rui throwing up bricks. It was a first half to forget for L.A. In a lot of ways, this reminded me of the series we just watched a couple months ago. Denver dominating, L.A. doing whatever they could to, to scratch and claw to keep it close. What did you see out there? That's actually a great comparison, man. I would have to agree. It is right where we left off. The Denver Nuggets making mincemeat of the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> before they walked their way to an NBA championship, man. I'm with you, bro. And let's be real here. The Lakers, man. I don't, I, I don't know. It seems like the NBA is like, let's hook them up with their first loss of the season as early and as often as possible. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers, man, the first game of the season, they're facing the champs. I mean, their luck on opening day has not been so kind to the purple and gold. And it doesn't get any easier. You mentioned the league does the Lakers no favors. They always got a hard schedule out the gate. Feels like they're on TNT or ESPN every night. And the in-season tournament is no easier. They're in a gauntlet of a, what do you call it, grouping? They got the Grizzlies, the Suns in there with them. So, yeah, man, there's no let up. But they got to get through this at least at 500. A couple thoughts on LA, though. And what was a bad night? There was some shining moments. Cam Reddish, he impressed. It wasn't so much his shot making, but his defense. He's really rangy. You can see why so many teams keep giving him a chance. Because even though it seems like he can't find his footing in terms of putting a consistent stress together, the potential is always there. He'll flash for moments. Absolutely. I mean, that was that was a great uh, key, great thing that you saw there. Ty. I mean, Cam Reddish doing it for his squad off the bench. But I mean, for real, though, just to make a joke real quick to go back to the point of the NBA, right, and, and the Lakers schedule, the NBA never expects the Lakers to not be good, right? So they're, they're a marquee team. They're the top team. They got to pair them against one of the other top teams in the league. You know, unfortunately for LeBron James, you know, he can't continue to give you the 21, eight and five, the 21, seven, the 25, seven and seven. You know what I'm saying? The NBA did not want to predict Anthony Davis coming out abysmal to start his season 17 and eight rebounds, looking like a small big man out there. You pointed out one of the, the bright spots. I thought, you know, it was a good debut for Torian Prince in the starting lineup. Well. I thought, you know what I mean? I thought Gabe, Gabe Vincent was okay. You know, felt like you need a little bit more. Christian Wood was okay. I mean, there was there were some positives, man. But, I mean, really and truly, if this Lakers team wants to build on any of the momentum it had last season, man, they really got to step it up, up out the gate. And they're going to have a tough time doing it, like you mentioned, with their schedule that they have out the gate. 
Yeah, and LeBron's stat line won't blow you away, but I thought he was fantastic tonight. He largely won his minutes. AD, on the other hand, was a great disappointment. <laughs> Amazing early, but not the same after he came out that locker room at half. And it's just what we saw last year. Something we're going to be watching all season. This is year 10, 21 for LeBron. There is no more half-stepping AD. They need you to be the guy, not for a half, not for three quarters, but for the season. Can you do not it? For, that yes, not for the tournament. bubble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for the season, like you're saying. Sorry to trip you up, but no, that's it. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? And so now I'm I'm with you right there. And at the end of the day, I don't know if you saw the preseason rankings by ESPN and they had Anthony Davis as a top ten player in the league right now. I'm sorry, Anthony Davis is not a top ten player in the league right now. Can he come out tomorrow and be a top ten player in the league? Yes. He, he's one of the rare players who has that ability. But if you ask me right now, based on what we've seen from him on a consistent basis, how he was supposed to be the one to LeBron's two, you know, um, really and truly, he LeBron wasn't supposed to be carrying the load at 40, at 60, or however old he is, you know. Anthony Davis, the young buck, he's supposed to come and get you to 28, 30, and 12, you know, big, real Dwight Howard numbers from back in the day. But unfortunately, we, we failed to see that from him time in and time out. And the Lakers are too heavily invested in Anthony Davis for them to not get more from him. Yeah, you can you can point the finger at other people. Yeah, you can point the finger at LeBron. But at the end of the day, Anthony Davis, you are there in your prime Supermax All-Star, Superstar, you know, and you, you got to do more. A year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're going to need a little bit more. One rebound in the first half, zero points in the second half. They're going to need a lot more, actually. Let me Let me correct myself. Well, without being cocky, I think I could get one rebound in an NBA game in one half and zero points in the second. I think that's very feasible. <laughs> we could combine so, for that. Yeah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? So we could have been Anthony Davis in the first half on the boards and Anthony Davis on the, in scoring on the second half, right? So I'm just saying, all right? Like, no question. The second half, like, that's, that's all day. That's me. Zero points? I could do that, you know? <laughs> really on the plug, really on the plug. All right, y'all. Let's kick it off with this buyer sells. First out the gate, the T-Wolves. Will they trade Carl Towns by the deadline? Everyone knows it. Ain't no secret. The Towns go bare fit has been clunky, questionable, and it's been all from jump. But if they were ever to throw in the towel on this cast around Ant-Man Anthony Edwards, one of the first to go would be one of those two, Rudy or Carl. The question is, do you see the T-Wolves trading Carl Towns by the deadline? I'm selling. There's no way. I mean, Cat is their franchise player. I mean, with the addition of Anthony Edwards, that changes a little bit. But he's not a, a two. He's the one B to probably Anthony Edwards is one A. All that being said, he's a much more versatile player. He gives you much more offensively yeah. than Rudy Gobert can. Doesn't give you as much defensively as Rudy Gobert. But with what we've seen from the two, I think you can do away with one of the Twin Towers. And it's not going to be Cat. You know, originally they thought, all right, we'll bring Rudy Gobert in on the offensive end. Cat spreads the floor enough for this to work. But I'm sorry, Rudy Gobert, not only has he been terrible on offense, he hasn't given you exactly what you've expected on defense. I'm selling. Yeah, I mean, it was 23 in the opening night. I was like, man, did Tim <laughs> Conley and the Timberwolves see something that all of us NBA fans missed? But after a while, the real Gobert showed its head. And honestly, the reason I think. I'm buying is because of all they gave up for Gobert. It's impossible to get that back two years older and with some of that defensive player of the year shine removed. So 
the only way to get back what they gave up is for Towns to go. And I know he's the better player of the two, but the real best player is Anthony Edwards. And the real problem there is that they're going on year four now. It's been four years since Towns and Ant-Man were put together, and they have very little to show for it. And the biggest reason in my eyes is because one of those two has come up small in every postseason, and it's not Anthony Edwards. It's Carl Towns. This stat shocked me, bro. Over 16 playoff games, Carl Towns is averaging 18 points per game. Well below his career numbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. I mean, this is the thing, right? And uh, I know I'm very harsh on Rudy Gobert. I mean, how can you feel towards the man who started COVID in the league, you know? <laughs> um, nah, I'm just playing. I mean, I'm not really playing, but I am playing in that sense. In all seriousness, though, you know, you can't really look at 13 and a half points per game, 11 rebounds, 11 and a half rebounds, block and a half a game and say, you know, you're terrible, right? But for what they gave up, what they spent for him to get to get him, He's got to do a lot more. And I understand your point. Now it makes more sense because Rudy Gobert might fit better with Anthony Edwards. You know what I mean? The weird part is, like, on paper, it's a match made in heaven. Anthony Edwards is a slasher that likes to get into the rim. Carl Towns is that three-level guy that hangs out on the perimeter. Why would it not work? I don't have the answer. But uh, needless to say, it's coming up on that time where Carl Towns starts being looked at as empty numbers. If he doesn't start winning in the playoffs and they keep holding on to him, it's only going to be less and less they're going to get back in the trade. All right, y'all, let's move on to the next hot take. Will the Celtics struggle this year? Yes, the Celtics that just upgraded, two years removed from the finals appearance. I'll, I'll let you go first this time because I'm, uh, right. I'm ready to cook. <laughs> this, is, this is the way I see it. Still a very young coach in Joe Mazzulla, only his second year, and a very different team than the one he excelled with last season. One of the best things you can do for a first-year head coach is give him a ready-made roster that already knows how to play together. That's what they had last year, and this is going to be very different. A lot of kinks to work out. Everyone wants to talk about who they brought in, but no one's talking about what they let go. Yes, Porzingis and Drew, former All-Stars, but the emphasis is on former. At least for Porzingis, that was like 2012, bro. Come on. (laughs) In the process, Boston had to trade away pieces that were pivotal to their success, notably Marcus Smart, Rob, Grant Williams. Bro, that's a big loss. I'm not going to lie. I was ready to cook, and I had to go through their roster real quick. And, you know, having a guy like Jay Scrub on your team never helps your case. You know, Wait, Jay Scrub? Uh, Yeah. Who's that? I don't know, but he's on the roster, and his last name is Scrubs, so it has nothing to do with him as a player. <laughs> but his last name is Scrub. You know, if I'm going down the list, that doesn't necessarily help your case. <laughs> but I say all that to say, man, I'm going down the roster, and I'm I'm surprised at what I'm seeing. I mean, you have the, the consistent faces in the Jason Tatums, the Derek Whites, the Jalen Browns, right? Al Horford. But outside of that, man, I don't see too much consistency. Yes, they brought in Chris Stapps. Yes, they brought in Drew Holiday. I mean, with a departing Marcus Smart and all those other guys you mentioned, Grant Williams and other guys playing their roles. I don't know. I mean, I think they have enough power at the top for them to be good enough to get to the playoffs and have a high enough seed, right? But we're talking about a perennial Eastern Conference threat, right? Perennial Eastern Conference champ. Like, these guys have been to the dance before they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals many a time before, they have the stars who have. I think Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown will t- take this season to take the next step if they haven't already. I'm I'm on the fence here. At first, I was very quick to sell, but I don't know. 
I'm not I'm not buying, but I'm not selling. I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle here. If I had to pick, I'd say I'm selling. <laughs> and honestly, I'm probably closer to you than the way I've made it seem. This is the NBA. At the end of the day, cream of the crop always rises to the top. So I'm not saying the Celtics are going to finish at 500. But let's acknowledge what walked out that door. I mean, hate him or love him. Marcus Smart made a lot of big plays for the Celtics in key moments. You will be missed. And the guy brought in to replace him is coming off the bench. That's Drew Holiday. Yeah. Porzingis is going to be great. He looked phenomenal preseason, a, a different element for them. But can you truly count on him to be there? And after him on the depth chart, the only quality big is old man Al at the ripe age of 37. <laughs> come on, come on. Very right, very right. Um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm with you on everything you said. Uh, the cream of the crop, right? The, the NBA talent rises to the top, and I think that's what's going to keep them afloat. But there's no question. They lost their core, right? You didn't yeah. lose your stars, but you lost everybody else, basically. You know, and now it's time for this next second unit or these new guys who are, you know, sec, uh, second on the totem pole. It's their time to step up and show. Uh, we've talked about it. I think Peyton Pritchard's really going to have a good season. You have exciting rookies like Jordan Walsh. Um, you have, again, I want to see what Drew Holiday and Chris Stapps are able to do in the green and white. You know, maybe he's uh, Chris Stapps able to make up for what he did in the garden, the other garden, the real garden. You know, <laughs> so and oh. and that ain't no shot. Everybody knows MSG is oh, the real okay. guard. Eh? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I ain't you really had a it shot. backwards for a second. No, 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 no. Everybody knows that MSG is the real guard. And I mean, with all due respect to the Celtic fans, I mean the Celtic fans. <laughs> Moving on. In Memphis, you know, I, that was a really awkward transition, but hey, we'll take it. <laughs> In Memphis, you know, there is there's a lot of weight being put on these young stars, John Morant who is going to miss a big chunk of the season, right? The next to 25 to life. You got Desmond Bain and you got JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr. Do the Grizzlies have a JJJ problem, Ty? I mean, y'all saw what happened in the summer. Team USA was let down and he was the main fall guy. Let's not, though, overreact to what we saw was a rough summer for Jaron Jackson Jr. This is still an elite rim protector. The defensive player of the year. He may rebound like a 6'3 guard, <laughs> but he's a still a 23-year-old with lots of potential. But see, the problem here is Steven Adams just went down for the season. So now Jaron Jackson Jr. can't hide at the four all night, every night. Now you're, you're speaking facts. And this is the thing. He has the size. He has the frame. He has the defensive ability to play at the five, right? But at the same time, like you saw in terms of rebounding, in terms of the offensive end, he sometime, sometimes leaves more to desire, you know? And like you said, without Steven Adams, the veteran big man, you can almost guarantee that double-double, you know? It's, it's coming one way or another. You're at least getting the rebounds, you know, if you're not getting the points. So Jaron Jackson Jr. has got a big role to fill in, especially like you said with that first 25 to life, 25 games Josh serving. There's going to be a lot from Jaron Jackson Jr. Do they have a problem? I'm selling because I think it's too early to say, even in that kind of experience and in, in what just happened this summer with Team USA, that he's he's a bust or he's not going to be able to repeat the success that he had the last season. Absolutely. And the Grizzlies are going to give him the opportunity. But if I'm then, I'm really thinking about a backup plan because he averaged six rebounds a game last year. And that was a career high. The dude is 6'11 with a 7'5 wingspan. That's not good enough. Especially when you compare him to his peers that have the same body type. 
and minutes as him. Talking about Evan Mobley's, Jared Allen's, AD, if you're really stretching it. They're all four, five more rebounds per game than he is. Even Rob Williams, who's two inches shorter and is playing 10 minutes less per game, was out rebounding him. So <laughs> this is a serious issue because there's no other centers on that roster. We're talking about like, a European stretch four is the next tallest. And then there's six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys at the tallest. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a trade. I don't know if they just need to get vet off the, off the waivers. I know Dwight Howard is looking for a job, but they got to do something to, to make sure that center spot does not become a problem. There's no question. There's no question. I mean, Dwight Howard, if anything, I mean, he's been making it known. He's trying to get back <laughs> to the league. You know, he had his fun in the Philippines, but it's time to move on. Um, Who went him the same? <laughs> the foe, you know. And we ain't talking about Moses Malone either. We're talking about the food. I don't even know. That might be Vietnamese, so let's, let's cut that. But <laughs> with that being said, though, bro, nah, there's no question about it. I think that we're in agreement here about Jaron Jackson Jr. and what he's going to be able to do this next season. But without the proper support coming off the bench and maybe even a, a partner in the back court or in the front court, it, it might be difficult for him to do what he did last season without the support of Steven Adam. Or speaking of someone that's not having any difficulty at all, <laughs> Victor Wembayama, bro. We got a hot take. This might be the spiciest of them all. Will Wemby receive MVP votes at the end of this season? There's no question in my mind. I mean, this guy's going to – he's not going to be in the conversation for runner-up or winner, but Wemby's going to be in that conversation. I mean, did you see what he did to the remnants of the 2022 NBA champions Golden State Warriors in that last preseason game? I mean, he absolutely annihilated them. Not only was it blocking the most ridiculous shots, I mean, really – Really look up that graphic of him blocking Andrew Wiggins' shot. You want to talk about a freak of nature. You want to talk about something you don't see every day. That's it right there. I mean, the guy was insane on the defensive end, and that would have been enough. But guess what? He was giving you the uh, 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 step back, the three-point, and he was giving it, to, giving it all. He was getting down, getting down the floor in the fast break. Really? He was getting the steals. Like, I could not believe what I was seeing, man. Sprinting back on defense like true Spurs basketball. He's not lollygagging. He, I mean, he flexed after an A-win, but other than that, there's no celebrating. This man is locked in. He's, it seems like he's been under Greg Pop in the Spurs. Like, he's just... He's got the quiet confidence to him that we saw from a couple other greats in black and silver. And it's, I mean, if you watched him, he is night and day, 100% passing the eye test with flying colors. Like, you can't watch him and not be excited right now. And it's the Virgin Islander in me that's saying, you know, he's, he's not Timmy, you know, <laughs> in terms of that, that consummate professional, you know. But I, I have to say this guy, I mean, I might be making the boldest take of the night. But he's probably the best rookie we've seen since LeBron James. And if he can play the way he did in this preseason for yeah. a long time to come, we're going to be having a different conversation as well. <laughs> for real, y'all. Y'all better bubble wrap them ankles and <laughs> the knees in San Antonio. <laughs> I will not like if he gets hurt. We just need to see him play 82 or however they, however many, 75 San Antonio's willing to let him play. But it's looking scary. It's, it's looking no scary. There's no question. And I mean, somebody said, I don't even know who, 
But you remember back in the day, like 2K11, 2K12, when you'd make the crazy players who were like 7-1 with an eight-foot wingspan, arms touching the ground. I mean, the way <laughs> Wemby plays is like that fake 2K character we all used to make that was super oh, really? OP back in the day. So, Wemby, I mean, the ball is in your court. I think as long as he stays healthy and stays consistent in a black and silver jersey, Greg Pop at the helm. Man. Like, would you be surprised if he's a top 20 player at the end of the season? Like, no. I mean, I don't want to say there's no question because there's a question, right? But <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, I think it's a possibility that he can be a top 20 guy by the end of this season. Yeah. yeah. For real. I wouldn't have thought we were saying that even six months ago. So that, that's how special he's been in just six preseason games. I mean, dude, a month ago, were we saying that? Two months ago, before this preseason, we weren't saying that, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Something different about doing it in the NBA jersey in front of fans against NBA competition. So, uh, man, that was just six preseason games. <laughs> Hopefully, we got 82 more. That means something on the way. It's going to be a great season. Strap up, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. With that being said, that does it. Before we get out of here, we got to talk to you guys about the greatest in men's hair care, skin care, beard care, all in one. That's right. That's EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. Yes, sir. Bro. I'm looking crispy now. You know what I'm saying? Beard's looking nice. <laughs> you should have seen me a little while ago. Evan Alexander Grooming got your boy right. Make sure you guys are plugging in that promo code hoop underscore plug underscore for 20% off. Y'all heard that. Y'all heard checkout. that. Y'all heard that. That's 20% off, not 15% off no more, guys. We up in it. We up in it. Hoop plug going up. Guys, you guys supported us so much. Evan Alexander said, dang, we got to increase your bag, you know? As always, guys, appreciate y'all supporting EvanAlexanderGrooming.com. Even more importantly, appreciate y'all rocking with the hoop plug. First okay. episode of this season, many more to come. And as always, put some flavor in your ear. Peace. <laughs>